Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. 7 a.m. Hello and welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordan Searles. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. And this week we are back with the Ferrelli brothers again. You know, one of them won an Oscar. That happened. Anyway, we're doing 2000s, me, myself, and Irene. Everything's okay. We're totally okay. This is a super emotionally healthy choice. Um, it's a great film that everyone should see. Psych. Oh. <laughs> Um, it is written, you know, by the Ferrelli brothers and their frequent co co <laughs> their co writers, <laughs> the co writers, <laughs> oh, their frequent co writer Mike Carone, who also co wrote Dumb and Dumber, Dumb and Dumber Two with them, The Three Stooges, and Outside Providence, which is. An interesting Ferrelli Brothers thing because they did not direct it, but it is very clearly from their school. Anyway, we're probably not going to talk about any of those other movies on this podcast. Thank well, God. Actually, I don't know. I mean, unless Dumb and Dumber is a rom-com. I don't know. I've actually never seen Dumb and Dumber or Dumb and Dumber 2. If we want to queer code it, it is. <laughs> oh, we could. As a straight one, I don't think it I don't think it flies, but we could queer code it and that could be an interesting read for people. I don't know if they'd hate it, love it. <laughs> But that is an option because it's <laughs> definitely a romance between two men. Oh, yeah. Lovely. Um, I'm sure it's a much better movie than Me, Myself, and Irene starring Jim Carrey. And I don't know why I'm using this voice. It's just the Jim Carrey. I think just that really this is just your voice that you're it. trying to keep yourself afloat while you talk about this movie. Because if you let yourself sink into the, your reality, it's going to be a deep depth, you know? <laughs> Also, <laughs> <laughs> this movie also has Renee Zellweger, Chris Cooper, Robert Forster, the dearly departed King Robert Forster. We miss you. Um, also, we have Richard Jenkins here for some reason. Um, who else is here? Anthony Anderson is here for oh, some yeah. reason. <laughs> so... We are here to talk about a movie. I mean, one could call it that. I mean, it's almost, it's very hard to talk about this because I kind of can't believe that this is real. Like, my only real experience with this movie is knowing that it, like, it came on all the time on, like, FX, you know? I mean, FX it feels like a like a, like a two-hour-long SNL sketch that was super racist that never hit. Like, that's what it feels like. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, yeah. It is almost two hours. It is four minutes short of two hours. It cost $51 million to make. I'd love to know where all that money went. And it made $149 million. I do love to imagine most of that money was for the fake milk on Jim Carrey's lips. We will get to that later. <sighs> so this, <laughs> you know, just getting it out of the way, because we don't really I mean, you know, we're not we're not psychiatrists. We're not therapists. We're not whatever. We know that this is not the way that, you know, a uh, multiple personality disorder. I'm sure there's a much newer name. Dissociative personality dissociative dis identity disorder dissociative yeah. yes yes we know that this is not how this works you know i've watched the united states of terror which i don't know if it's if it's better like in terms of its representation but it seems like it is so i'm just gonna say that it is and if i'm wrong 
you know, once again, I went to school for writing, so I don't even based on my my whole like pivot into psychology classes like this definitely doesn't fit any of the definitions. So it's very much like they're claiming that Jim Carrey's character is schizophrenic, but then they're giving him traits of dissociative identity disorder. But then everything's, of course, like, you know, ramped up in a comedy way that's like super gross and stigmatizing, but also the whole movie's a nightmare. So we're just putting that out there. Right. We don't have misconceptions that this mm. movie is telling us anything true about mental health. I'll figure it out. So <laughs> the narrator is Rex Allen Jr., the son of Rex Allen, who was the narrator for a lot of Walt Disney films. And I'm screaming this, you won't know why, because I'm cutting a lot of what I said before this out, but I, for some reason could not seem to say this sentence correctly because there is something deeply wrong with me. Anyway, so the narrator sucks. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Your dad was a oh narrator my God, the voice and you want to be like your dad, but you suck. So bad. It sucks. I mean, and it's a combination of like him being a bad narrator, but also just the script is so bad. Like if you want to pull voiceover off, you have to figure out where it goes. You have to figure out the pattern of voiceover. Like, is it a big feature in the film? Is it, like, only part-time? I felt like this movie was so badly written that they were just like, we'll just put it here to help because we wrote so badly. We need to, like, catch people up but on what's going that, on. Like that's that they're narrating over is, like, not even... Like it's not complicated. It's just it's like they're not randomly hard. like we're you gonna explain to you why these dumb characters you don't I can't care about the people watch are this in a situation. Could you believe getting into the theater, watching this movie, and like like and staying the entire time? Like the only people who like responded to my very rude Instagram stories about this movie in a way that was defensive were admitted they were like, I saw this when I was younger, you know. Like I was, I was young, and I'm sure if I saw it for the first time now, I would have a different feeling. And I was like, "Yeah, of course." Like, who knows how I would have responded? Like as a teen, like would I have been hypnotized by Jim Carrey's face? I don't know. I don't really want to know because, like, mm. that's a whole thing to unpack. But like, imagining adults going to this movie and just like being okay is such a nightmare. It's like watching Trump win the election again. Like that's how traumatizing it is for me. That's that is such a white response to this movie, but I'll take it. Thank you. Um, so we get the cold open. It's Rhode Island. Jim Carrey is a cop. And we are supposed to care about a cop. Yeah, an, for sure. An agent of the state. We're yes. supposed to care. Um, that's its first mistake. Um, yeah. Anyway, Rhode Island. And that's also where... Um, Family Guy is set. Second strike against it. Terrible. Rhode Island. Ew. Uh, so he has this girlfriend, Layla, and they have their like love scene where he is supposed to be charming, but he's not. And he's just like, oh, well, what Such if something, nightmare. something like whale blubber, blah, blah, blah. And she's just like, oh, yeah, I'll be with you forever. And then they get married. And on the day of their wedding, when they're moving into their house, I think the driver is a is a smaller person, and he is also black, and played by Tony Cox, who is who's still with us, and um, he plays a black man named Shantae Jackson, and essentially 
he's just really mean to Jim Carrey for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's really no reason at all. Like, I think Jim Carrey says, oh, do you people take checks? And he's clearly talking about limo drivers. Like, does your company. Like, it's it's not. Yeah. Like, it's not even framed in the movie. Like, oh, this could be racial. Um, And then, of course. And then, you know, Shantae gets upset. He's like, oh, so you don't think that a nigga can cash a check and like blah, 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 blah. And then like Layla comes in and she's just like, oh, no, that's not what he meant. I'm so sorry. Just like being such like the good white woman. Oh, no, this is, like you know, and he's just like, and I will. I'm actually a professor at Brown and I'm in Mensa and this is just a sociological experiment. And he's and Layla's just like, oh, my God. I am also in Mensa. That is so cool. And they have like, uh, like other like intellectual things in common, and they just start flirting. And you for remember some reason, so much more about this moment than me, and that's great. And for some reason, Jim Carrey's like, "Oh yeah, this is fine. This is fine. Like they're flirting. It's fine." And then she gets pregnant, and she gives birth to three triplets that are not identical somehow but they're i mean that that's that comes later but the point that's is is that thing. they're all black and now my problem with this is of course i mean um, i don't even know why i have to say it but they would not all be fully black they yeah, wouldn't. I'm really thankful that you said this. They wouldn't. <laughs> I didn't want to be the one who was like, they're darker skinned than I assume they would be. They, but like, that is a thing. That's like, just like not like, like yeah. it's very weird casting. I'm sure that they would look like, I don't know, like Robert De Niro's kids. Pick some mixed kids. Like, it's yeah. really weird. It's like they're some of like two of them are like darker than their father. Like it just doesn't make sense genetically, but it's all also, it doesn't matter to the movie because the movie's just like a big like joke, which like, sure it's a comedy, but it's like really bad. Like it's like a whole race joke where it's like, ha 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 my black sons. I'm a cop. Like, yeah, it's very, uh, it's very weird. So, so he raises his black sons and everybody knows. And there's this whole thing where, Apparently no one respects him because everyone knows that his that his kids are not his kids. And it's a very much like King of the Hill, like John Redcorn Dale situation. Yeah. <laughs> except absolutely. Like, except like not funny. Yeah, not, because smart, I actually, not funny. Because I actually like Dale. I like John Redcorn. Like I like everybody involved in that I triangle. Mean, King of the Hill is like so just like fucking <laughs> holds up yeah so it's just like a very strange situation and then finally his wife who his wife says that she's gonna leave him for shantae and she does it while wearing a shirt with shantae's face on it and it's just like she's just casually wearing a shantae t-shirt and he thought nothing of it like and i guess we're supposed to believe he's just so nice well, like he just wouldn't. No, but it's like it's not about being nice at this point. But before there's a scene where he's wearing a shirt of her and she's wearing a shirt of him. So I felt like it was the movie's visual choice to be like she's moved on, which is like okay, who's this for? This is not a film. Like, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> why? Like why do we need this callback of these t-shirts? But so, sure. So like, uh, they leave and they leave the children, which is very confusing because Jim Carrey does not have any of the children's genetic material. 
Yeah, he he's actually no... the least. He's not actually a parent. He's not, but he decides. He's actually the least qualified. And the fact that she's not with him anymore means that he's not even like, le- like he doesn't even have a stepdad status. So like, actually, if you're, we're going to get into like legalities, he would need to adopt them. Like, cause he's not a stepdad. Like he has no rights. So they're just kind of illegally leaving these kids with him. Like that's uh, the whole it just thing. Seems like, like it I seems know this like is not a point want... in the movie, but I got really caught up on this. No, I got really <laughs> upset because it just seems like he they they were just like, oh, cool, we can just leave the kids with this stooge. And yeah. Like, it's just so wild. Like I imagine that her just like immediately getting an IUD and then just being like, <laughs> "See you later, suckers!" Like it's so, yeah. it's so weird and malicious for her to just leave the kids. Because like neither her or Tony feel like they don't like kids. Like they seem like they would be good at rating seeing kids. Like, yeah, no, it's very just as good as Jim Carrey's character. So it's very weird that them being together means they're not with their sons. Like that's weird to me. Yeah, it's very strange. So it they, felt, I don't know. Honestly, to me, it just felt like it was like feeding a bunch of stereotypes, but like, you know, yeah. I mean, do we, should we talk about that? I don't know. Do we want to? Not really. I don't really want to talk. I, I feel think like, we can I, just feel like a, I think we can just acknowledge it. I feel like the people. And it was like, I, like, this is what I said to AJ because, like, AJ was watching this with me and he was like, oh my God, I hate this so much. Like, I'm going to move to the other side of the bed. Like, I love you, but also not tonight. Um, <laughs> I don't love you tonight. Um, we were like, yeah, this kind of feeds into the. It's like the fear of every, like, it's like the racist fear of white men. Like, oh, my woman is going to leave me for a black guy. And, like, it was, like, such a heightened version of this, like, and now I have the kids. Like, it's, like, not real. And, like, this movie was, like, well, we're a comedy. It's fine. And I was, like, but how does this add to it? Uh, That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense. I mean, I guess it's supposed to mean, like, oh, he's such a nice guy. And also, because Jim Carrey has multiple has two personalities i i will call him by his names which is like his name is charlie his other personality is named hank and he, his other personality even has a different last name like his name is charlie bailey gates which whatever but his other personality's name is hank evans so like <laughs> yeah uh so charlie raises the kids and it's supposed to be you know like what a fucking chump right to like raise these kids and it's like but I like, he's a nice dad. Like, I don't get what the joke is. I don't really get it either. Because I'm just like, okay, you're just raising kids. They seem like they love you. Like, it's not that big a deal. Like, there's this weird bit, like, that's supposed to show the growth of the kids where, like, they're watching Richard Pryor. And then now they're watching... They're watching Chris Rock. And it's like, now they're adults. And they're all, like, bigger dudes. And, like, and they can't all fit on the couch. And it's like, I don't really understand... I don't know. Yeah, there there's are, so many choices in the movie that I was just like, why did you need to do that? Their bigness is very strange to me because, like, it's kind of like I don't really get. Like, it's very like these do not seem like people that are in high school. I'm supposed to believe that they're in high school, but they're just like I guess the joke is. is oh my that- god, this is no. This is what AJ and I were talking about. We're like, they do not like. They look like mid twenties at youngest. Like they are just. 
they look almost as old as Jim Carrey. It's like very weird. Yeah, it is. It is really weird. Like, I wonder how close in age Anthony Anderson and Jim Carrey are. Yeah, I feel, and they're like, I don't feel like it's homework, and like, he's supposed to be like helping them, and then one of them's like a jock. Like, there's a whole thing. But then, like, also they're on Rhode, they're in Rhode Island, but then they're like talking very different than their dad. And I'm also like, that's not really realistic. Like, if you're raised by someone, you're going to talk more like them. I don't know. Okay, there so Jim so many Carrey things is, that just felt like <laughs> racism. Jim like, Carrey is only eight years older than anthony yeah no exactly (laughs) i mean yeah it's yeah no it's it's wild and also like shantae jr is also like a whole decade younger than anthony anderson yeah no it doesn't like i mean like it felt very it's it's it felt like crows from dumbo like honestly it felt minstrelly like one of them has a gold tooth like why like their dad like why is this happening? Well, it's very, I mean, it's a very weird situation because, like, they they also talk in a very specific way that suggests that, like, Jim Carrey's only way of raising them was through, like, watching black men do comedy. So they only talk like stand-up comedians to each other and the way that they talk to each other. And it's like, there's a there's, like, a way where, like, you know, like, people, like, folks roast each other and stuff but there's the way that they talk never really calms down ever they're like always it's always like like characterized yeah and it's also a weird situation because they're all um like canonically incredibly intelligent that's the thing that's the other thing too (laughs) which i was like i was glad for that but i was also like it made me more mad at some of the other decisions you know where i was like they're saying smart shit and there's like a nuance of relationships between them and Jim Carrey. But this movie doesn't know how to let anyone be an actual person because this movie thinks that actual people can't be funny. So it's like everyone must be a caricature, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's very strange because like they're very smart and I like that. And, you know, they're very and they love each other. And like, so at least they're not like in the movie. It's just like, oh, you know, these are his like weird hood black sons and like where but they're also just like their manner like if you're in rhode island i if you grow up on rhode island i'm gonna assume that you're gonna mostly be a dork i think that so was it's kind weird of that they're like, not dorks i was like you do think i think it way was like okay how are they like you look at how everyone else like they interacts like they with grew each up other. In New York, or yeah, something. that was the thing. Is I was like, why do they the way they talk and navigate is so different? It's not like it's just like it's like they just got planted into Jim Carrey's home for this movie. Which I mean, yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, it's weird that but he would just like raise sons to the school, and it's also just like a weird thing about Jim Carrey. Like in terms of like white guys, like. Jim Carrey's a very cool white guy. Like he's canonically like a like a cool guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, like a very like there was there was a way to do the story where Jim Carrey could maybe like if Jim Carrey was himself, like him acting no, act, like that, that like, then his sons coming out this way would make total sense. I was to like me. Jim Carrey's like really weird and fun and smart in specific ways. And like if he didn't make this such a thing, it could actually work. And it's also just And like, that's what's so upsetting about it is just, that he makes it such a thing. Like but it's also just like he was on 
in living color like black people have always like my mom would like act out Jim Carrey sketches to me when I was a kid like Jim Carrey was like the first like white guy that I thought was funny that like I recognized I mean, as funny his like his he has his skill set goes beyond so many comedians like physical comedy facial comedy characters like everything like he just has such a big toolkit that it's disappointing to see him like for me he was so friends of, with tupac like i just like i'm just like this guy's like a fucking freak and i mean that in the best way when i say someone's a freak i mean it in a good way like yeah he's a freak why is this movie making him like this horrible white cop in a fucking hawaiian shirt this and uh, making his sons like a punchline like i hate it also like, this haircut that they gave oh, him it's so bad it's one of the worst things that it's i have so bad ever seen in the mustache too. yeah they made him look like Matt Dillon. It's awful. <laughs> it's so disgusting. So bad. It's so gross. So bad. And so, yeah, it's weird that, like, he, it's like, why couldn't you just have him be cool as hell and have, like, black sons? At least it would make sense. Yeah. Like, even just if have it, him be himself. Just have him be a weirdo. Even like, if it was a situation where his sons, like, made him cool. Like, his sons were just like, no, you have to listen to like, this album. Yeah, like, we need you to, like, <laughs> embarrass us a little bit less. <laughs> like and that's that like we're just asking for that okay yeah um thank so, you father so um so, it, i mean the plot i mean it's like okay so so the, his so wife leaves him his wife leaves him and there's this idea that when she left because he didn't fully process his grief and his anger that he just like kind of like brought himself like came all into inside and kept all his feelings inside and this manifested a completely different personality named hank and it just he snaps yes like in a store is that where he snaps <laughs> i think so yeah he snaps and it's also uh, i should mention we talked about his kids for a while and then did not name them their names are jamal lee harvey and shantae jr so um, yes. Uh, so very weird that he would name a child after the man that his wife ran off with, but you know, and also Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah. Why? I, I don't just, know. I, I felt like this also, movie, like, who, like, did he name the children? I just felt like this movie <laughs> needed to be like, this white guy is raising these black sons. And it was like such a thing that it had to like, let us know at every turn. But like, um, and so, yeah, he's so he, it's weird though, because before he snaps, he's just like a nice guy. Like people make fun of him for like respecting women. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, like, a cop who doesn't rape people and murder them. <laughs> wow. What a dork. He, like, he respects other human beings. The cops don't like him because he, you know, doesn't see the cops don't like him because he's not a fucking gang member like them. <laughs> like he's not just a white supremacist gang member. And then he snaps and he forms this this personality, Hank, which is like basically oh my his God. brutalized cop personality. He's like yeah. completely unhinged. He just becomes like a disgusting cop. He, uh, I was thinking about Matt Dillon all through this specifically. Matt Dillon's performance in Crash. Like yeah. this is just like a very. <laughs> Like yeah, comedic version of Matt Dillon's performance in Crash, um, and there's also just like okay, the face journey that he goes on when he snaps. I mean, this is like it is truly one of the wildest things that I've is, ever seen. I mean, seen. it is definitely <laughs> an example of Jim Carrey's like tool belt. You yeah. know, like this man. If anyone has facial range, you know, 
Like, I will never <laughs> let someone off the hook for being an anti-vaxxer, but it makes sense with him. I'm like, you do so many weird things with your body and your face. Of course you don't know if medicine works. Like, you're all your shit's rubber. I don't know what's going on with you. Like, this this man, like... Yeah, he he has he's so good at physical comedy, which made me so angry in this movie because it's such a waste of his talent. Like, okay, truly, because when he snaps, he's just like he gets mad at like this mother, and a bit and, like she's buying a thing for her vagina called Vagiclean. Oh my god! And then he's like, and then he, he just like gets air and he goes, "We got some sourdough." Like he's basically talking about a use infection. He's like, he's like sniffs and he like makes an announcement. He and makes it's like, like he takes the microphone and he's like, "We got a price check on Vagiclean." Price we got check a on- woman with a Vagiclean like got to clean up her <laughs> junk and then she like covers her children's ears and leaves in shame. And I'm like, I feel so bad for her. I'm like, she might have just need a little ointment, but thank you. Thank you, Hank. And also the, the voice that he's using is kind of like a terrible version of his voice in the mask. It's like how to make that voice worse. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I mean, there was like so much mask game going on. Uh, like. And like, and then he, uh, a woman is bra- breastfeeding and he just Assaults her. removes the baby and then just starts like. I mean, he assaults her yeah. and breastfeeds. It's insane. Yeah. And then, and then, like, the movie doesn't even let you, like, move on from that. Like, the movie's not even like, okay, that sucked, but, like, let's move on. He just has milk on he his face. He has a milk mustache. For, like, a whole nother ten minutes. And we're sp- that's supposed <laughs> to be, like, funny to us. And I'm like, this is just reminding me of why I hate everything that's happening right now. Like, and then, and then he goes to the station, and that's when we meet Rennell Zellweger. So Which is Irene. She's like, yeah. In the I, title. Irene is getting arrested for some stupid trumped up charge. And you know, I love Irene in this movie, though, because she's so anti-cop, like right out the gate, like, fuck you. She's like, I don't trust you, motherfuckers. You and I'm like, you. wow. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I, I loved her. Go off. <laughs> um, and so there's like a problem and it needs to get sorted out in upstate New York. So he has to escort her up there and he has his medication but he has to take it every six hours and you know we know that he's not gonna take it every six hours because if he did there would be no movie uh so it's just like this road movie that's terrible and they're so they they so run I mean, into like, a cow they run it they yeah. run into a cow the this scene at this cow may be the thing that finally gets me to stop eating burgers. Like I like I, <laughs> if this is the moment that I stop eating burgers, like it's, it's truly monumental it's a thing. It's a whole because thing. like he, <laughs> they see a cow and it's like dying on the side of the road and they try to move it and then it won't move. And then they realize that it's alive, but it's in pain. So he just keeps on trying to kill the cow mostly by shooting it in the head yeah and the whole time that he's shooting this cow in the head i just kept on thinking the joke is gonna be that the cow is still alive somehow the joke is gonna be that the cow is still alive so and kyle was still kyle hadn't left the room at this point he was still watching it and he was just like oh he loves you god (laughs) and i was just like i know it i know that it i know i know that that cow is gonna still be alive absolutely and i was right (laughs) um so yes, after that long, terrible <laughs> sequence of him trying to kill an animal that's in pain, he um <laughs> It's so bad. That's when she finds out the ultimate thing is like basically a patrolman like 
calls him in and she finds out that her ex-boyfriend who works for a golf course because as you know we all do um Basically, he had, like, a whole criminal ring going, and, like, she had gotten a job there, and she thought it was because somebody died, but really because they were murdered, and so she's, like, under investigation as an accomplice, and because she's denying things so much, they're basically just, like, you seem suspicious, and, um... (laughs) Her and Jim Carrey end up, like, running away from the cops, and one of the cops is, like, working with her ex-boyfriend because, you know, cops are corrupt. Like, this is the one thing that I thought. I was like, this movie could be a good indictment of cops if it wasn't so offensive and horrible and badly written in every other way also. You know? Like, I was like, there's so many points where it could be, like, a funny, like, comment on cops, but it's just so bad. So then they just go on this trip, and, like, she experiences Hank, who is his alternate personality, and, like, I think the scary thing about her is that she's so chill with it. She, yeah, she's very chill. Like, she's the chillest bitch on earth, really. Like, <laughs> and then finally, Charlie is like, yeah, Hank is, like, a thing. And, like, it's not me. Like, Hank's Hank. And she's like, oh, that makes so much sense. But she's, like, still so chill. And, I mean, if this movie was good about mental health, that would be, like, a cool scene. But it's not. It's just, like this woman is, like, in a weird abusive situation. And, like, I I don't even know how to, like, talk about this movie because it's so bad. But, like, basically they go on a road trip running from cops and they get in really horrible situations. And, like, this was my take was this movie doesn't want to invest enough in characters for it to be funny based on their personalities. So it just creates more and more shenanigans. Yeah, because I feel like it could have been fine. It could have been funny. There's, like, funny good actors in it it has the ingredients but instead of doing that they're like we're just gonna add more wacky situations but i'm like yeah but everyone's so thinly written it's not funny it's just like annoying like they bully an albino guy at a restaurant and like basically like jim carrey turns into hank which is his like you know brutal cop dude alter ego and he's like mean to this albino guy and is like you're like a you like a Q-tip and like his calls, name is Whitey, calls him Whitey and yeah. yeah, and then and then like Renee Renee makes him apologize, but the thing is like Renee always knows when he's full of shit, but she sticks with him. Yeah, she's very <sighs> she you know there's a scene later and like hey, we're gonna skip around because I honestly don't remember the sequence of events after that point, but there is a part where. Hank is doing the shitty guy thing where he like sizes her up and it's like, oh, you're probably like really hot in high school. And then you moved to New York to be a model and then it didn't really work. And then you packed on some pounds and you want to be an actress and that didn't really work. And you have an eating disorder. And then she like, you know, creates this whole thing. It's like, no, well, actually, I went to college, blah, blah, blah. And I don't have an eating disorder, blah, blah, blah. And then you find out that everything that Hank said about her is true. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, what the fuck was that for? Was that supposed to be some funny callback? Like, women don't have their own unique stories. Also, it's not... Also, it's, like, supposed to be... It's, like, this very kind of antiquated thing where it's like, haha, if a woman has an eating disorder, she's a dumb bitch. Like, that's the subtext. Like, it's like, ha ha ha, stupid women. They shouldn't succumb to the whole, like, societal structure we've placed them inside of. What dumb bitches? And it's like... <laughs> I don't know. I just hated all of that. No, I really hated it. And I mean, like, not even just because I have an eating disorder, which is whatever. Um, (laughs) I mean, it's not whatever, but it's not the subject of this podcast. Right. No, Um, it's like. But it's also just like, 
Okay. Like, like, what is this? What? Are, like, are you gonna like? Also, you can't just say things and not address them. Like, are you addressing this or not? Like, like, what do you want to help? Her with this is not just disorder. like a thing. Like, what? What? Yeah. Like, it's just like, like it, it, it's so weird. Like, are you gonna help her with therapy? Like, I see. Like, I talk to therapists about my disorder. You know, I talk to a nutritionist. Like, I do all these other things. Are you gonna like help her with that process? I just want to understand like what you're doing. No, like it's just so strange not at to all. me. Um, it, yeah, and it's this weird thing where it's like he's sizing her up, but then he's right. I mean, it's definitely a nagging thing. Like, yeah. I felt like like I was like, this is like a nagging scene where it's almost like supposed to be like oh look he's flirting but it's like such so massage i mean this movie's so misogynist there's like multiple assault scenes where we're supposed to be like ho 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 you know um and it's just like very like oh yeah you know oh, i'm an asshole but i'm you know i've got this woman peg fuck women you know like, i mean like, oh but there's also a scene like uh, where hank uh, like <laughs> where hank masturbates to her mugshot and then she comes in and it's not it's not Hank anymore. It's Charlie. And, yeah. And like so, Charlie deals with it by just like rubbing lotion on his lips and being like, you know, I'm a little chapped. <laughs> that was like so gross. It was funny again. <laughs> I was like, what's wrong with me? Um. Yeah. It, it's it's very. You know, they have the journey. You know, they fall in love. Um. There's a whole. I mean, the whole thing is she falls in love with Charlie and she's wary of Hank and like we're supposed but, to be supportive of this like abusive relationship. Where there's literally like a rape scene. Yeah. Like, yeah. She she has sex, finger quotes. No, she gets uh, like somehow like assaulted like, by Hank in the middle of the night. We don't see it. We don't see it. Because this movie is trying to be funny. But like basically like Charlie wakes up in the morning and is like cleaning his dick in the shower in the weirdest way possible. I'm like, has this man ever had sex? No. Okay. And he goes and he yells to her. He goes, what happened? Why does it feel like I've been fucking all night? And she kind of shrugs and he goes, oh, Hank. And it's supposed to be funny. And I'm like, that's like rape. Like if she doesn't know, like. And, and then, then he finds out with this dildo with this where she's dildo. like fucking him with it. Well, like, like she, well, it turns out that he used the dildo on himself, like during sex. So I guess like, I think that's supposed to kind of be the out is like, no, he's not doing anything bad to her. He's just like fucking himself with the dildo. But like. But they were still. But it's still like very implied that it's rapey and like there's weird conversation. I don't know. I and just it's weird hate because it. also that, Char- that Charlie is like super upset about it for the rest of the movie. Like he's very mad about it the entire time. And like I get it, but I also like. I don't think that Charlie is worried enough about her safety. No, he does not care enough about her for that. <laughs> it is just yeah, it's it's all really a mess. Like this love story really doesn't make sense. Um. And yeah, like, I, I mean, mean, there's all this like chasing because you know, like a Ferrelli Brothers. This is movie. all just like this is all just like them running from her ex boyfriend, who is like and Chris- the owner of multiple golf courses, who like runs. Like the thing is, this movie is not even well written enough for you to be like, oh, it's a drug ring. It's a. It's just like he's done some crimes on a golf course and like implemented her into them so right. now she's under suspect and like chris cooper and he's like paying like, off cops so like she has to be right. careful and there's this whole thing and also like back um you know uh back in their hometown the the sons are mad and it's just like you know they're like oh no he committed a bunch of crimes and they're like our dad never do that 
like we want to see our dad and it's just like a lot of really just scenes of just like anthony anderson just like making fun of white people which you know if the whole movie was that maybe it would be fine yeah i mean except that anthony anderson has also like been accused of assaulting women so there's that um (laughs) i'm gonna let you talk about him (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean it's an unfortunate thing you know if you were surprised about that look it up not a very nice man um funny in this movie but that's really no excuse um so he sucks uh and there's just i don't know (laughs) yeah there is uh at some point like hank takes over for a long period of time and he gets like cosmetic surgery and changes charlie's chin and that's a whole thing there's a whole drama about that and also hank breaks down about how sad he is that the wife left and it's just like you know he didn't just she didn't just leave charlie she left me too and then he cries and he's just like oh why did she do that blah 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 and then when he you know deals with the emotion then it's like oh well renee's here and she's another you know blonde white woman like the one that left you it's so great it's so convenient <laughs> that there's there, there's another one right um and then like the movie ends with a very weird scene where irene's trying to leave town and then charlie like pulls her over and then gets a bunch of cops together and she's like terrified and then he like proposes he like bullies her her, and she's like oh my god i'm so grateful like there there's definitely this it's very shoehorned because I was like, this is not romantic. But then, like, I mean, the movie's so bad, it doesn't matter if it was romantic the whole time or not. It's like shoehorned into the end that she obviously loves Charlie, despite Hank. And then he, like, corners her. And it's basically like, she's like, well, okay. <laughs> you got me. You got me. <laughs> you got uh, me. <laughs> yeah. And so that's the whole thing. And then uh, the brothers have like a plane or a helicopter. The sons have a plane or a helicopter or whatever. And there's like, oh, there's like a banner. And the banner says, will you marry me, comma, bitch? I just, I felt like they were, <laughs> why can't the sons just be left alone? Like, that's such a weird, like, it's like, oh. I just felt like the movie gave so many cringy lines to them. And it was like, they're black men. And it was just like. And of course, that is exactly how they would propose. Like, it was just so, I don't know. I I hated it. That was, like, the last shot of the movie was them, like, all laughing while she accepted this, like, weird, like, threat proposal. And I guess that sums up the movie is, like, black people being exploited while a white woman is pressured while Jim Carrey's talented wasted. Like, I don't, like, that's, I feel like that's the best way to sum up this movie is, like, that culmination of actions. Yeah, it's. It's a really If you haven't seen movie. it, please don't please see don't. it. I had a few people who like responded to an Instagram story I made and they're like, should I see it? And I was like, no. Absolutely. Sometimes not. I like tweet or write about like a bad movie and it's like a fun bad one where you could have fun. And I was like, no, this is actually no. just gonna hurt your soul. Don't. Like, please do not. <laughs> like, don't. Not if you my- haven't seen it already, like if you've seen it when you were younger, I get you might have an attachment. I get it, we all have our things, but like if you have not seen it yet and you're a grown ass person, like do not do this to yourself. This is bullshit. No, yeah, it's bullshit. And I thought that this episode would be much longer, but I realized that the worse the movie is, the less that we want to talk about it. 
Yeah, I mean, occasionally, you know, we occasionally like, really, we like, really like like with the test, like we can really go. Did in. we go in for like an hour? Yeah, we were going in, but for this, I think I, I think for this, it's like the there's good actors in it, so we can't just make like I feel like with the test, like the fact like that the acting was bad, the, the costumes yeah, were bad, everything. No, was the bad. fact that he's so awful was like we could just go in on him, but like it's like no. Jim Carrey is a really amazing comedic actor. You know, I really like Renee Zellweger. There's so many people in this that I know can do better. So it's hard. And I've seen them do better. Yeah. So I can't just roast them the whole time. I just have to roast a script. But there's like a limit to how much I can roast a script. Right. Yeah. And this is very also this movie is very similar to there's something about Mary in almost every way in terms of. It's ideas about women. It's ideas about black people. It's ideas about, um, you know, uh, beauty. It's concepts of like the like the way that men act around women. Like they yeah. can't contain themselves. Um, it also it, has shitty honest- narration. <laughs> uh, it feels like like I I kind of want to do some deep research on like the Ferrelli brothers' childhood, and like yeah. see if they were raised religious because this is a very like. Um, it's a very modesty teaching, like religious, like rep- there's a lot of repression politics in this. Yeah. So I would not be surprised at all if they were r- raised with that. And that's why they're like men are beasts around women. Like, because that's what it feels like to me is like, yeah, that youth group shit where it's like, you're 11, you're wearing a tank top. If a man wants to fuck you, that's your fault. And men, you're beasts. You know, that's what it feels Which like. Which is why I think that maybe that's why they were considered so dangerous in the 90s, because it was like... They unleashed this, right. like, thing. Yeah. They unleashed, like, this kind of, like, raw male sexuality through comedy. And it was just... And maybe it was it was something that people had never seen before. But now, like, in the wake of it, because I don't know if there's anyone more to blame for the 2000 state of comedy, American Pie, and all of its predecessor predecessors specifically than the Ferrelli brothers. I do blame them for American Pie and I do blame them for all of the American Pie spin-offs. There are aspects of my career I blame them for. Like I fully b- like things I have to overcome as a female comedian. I'm I sure you also feel that way. Like it's yeah. like, I blame no, they- them for <laughs> like l- more things that I blame them for. I blame them for Road Trip. I blame them for Van Wilder. I blame them for waiting and waiting too. And Van Wilder, too. Sure, why not? Um, <laughs> oh, yes, Waiting, where the funniest scene is a woman with a vagina. Yeah, like, this is this is the boys' school of comedy that permeated through most of the studio comedies that we know and love. I would say that probably Judd Jud- like, Apatow made, was the end to I that. I don't know. Judd Apatow is like fully like in one way he took from them, but he also like made things a little better, but also continued their legacy. And it's like, I, I actually do blame the Ferrelli brothers for how many comedy guys are bad at sex. Yep. I'm going to say that. Yep. <laughs> I'm not even fucking comedy guys right now. I have a gorgeous boyfriend who is not a comedian, and I still want to say this on the podcast. Yeah, no, I Just agree. put this out there. I agree. Yeah, um, this is... Yeah, this... They... One day I'm going to write a very long piece about yes. how the Ferrelli brothers ruined studio comedies, um, and a lot of white men will be mad at me, and it'll be That's okay. Fantastic. I will defend you. There will be a legion of us. It will be a thing. On that note, I'm Bronwyn Isaac, and I love you. Um, And I'm Jordan Searles, and I want to point out that you should watch the United States of Terra instead of this. Yes.
Anyway, I'm Jordan Searles. Again, that's Bronwyn. We've said our names like twice now. Have a good day, night, whatever. Drink water. Yes. Bye. Yeah. Back it up. Back it up. Let's go this truck. Yeah. Back it up. Back it up. Uh-uh. Yeah. Let's go this truck.